Well, welcome everyone. Want to introduce to you Jake and Jen Deanhill. They uh, are some of our favorite people in the world. They own and operate a, a private counseling practice here in the Tri Cities. They've been a part of our leadership teams and the church since its, its beginning. And so we are so honored to have them and to hear from them today. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks Thank Mike. you, Mike. Uh, we are honored to be here. You all are some of our favorite people. So, and we just love uh, Micah and Sarah and what they're doing, the fun. And can you tell that Micah was a former youth pastor with the selfie scavenger hunt? Isn't that great? You didn't get to see the green wig that he was wearing. I don't know if you wore it into yokes, Micah, but he had a big green wig, wig <laughs> with a big green boa to complete the outfit. So we just had a great time yesterday. Now there it is. Yep. <laughs> He's looking very serious there. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, so we want to talk today about love creates belonging. One of the things that we're doing and this big push on is 2018 is belonging and how we belong to one another is through love. I was up hiking Badger Mountain. Anybody hike Badger Mountain? It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful day. I was up hiking. I had my tunes going. And this song came on and it said, um, it can't rain forever. And one of the lines in there is, love is the best umbrella. And the only thing I could keep thinking about was our umbrellas here and how love truly is the best umbrella, and that really is what creates belonging. So I'm going to play a little snippet of that song for you. Go ahead. Small fry. I'm height challenged, as my son would say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, love is the best umbrella. Isn't that great? Jake's looks a little bit better, but you, you get the idea on my side there. I even put on my platform shoes to get up there, but oh well. <laughs> so we know that we need and we crave love. Jake and I are both therapists, as you know. And so one of the things is four, one of four primary longings is the need to be loved and belong. It's huge. Um, we can't, we can only live two years without it as a baby. Um, and otherwise we have what's called a failure to thrive. So it's super important to be able to have this love and belonging. But the question is, we know we need it, but how do we get it? Well, we're going to find that out because we're going to unpackage today's passage, which is 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 21. And instead of reading through the whole passage, we're going to just dive right in to each verse, and we're going to start by talking about how love creates belonging to God, so our relationship to God, and it starts right here in verse 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God. Now, right there, we're, we're being told that we're a child of God. So we belong to God as, as his child, right? So we, we're a child of God and we know God. It says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So we're starting out today realizing that God is love. That is, that is the bottom line. It's pretty simple, but we're going to unpackage this idea of God being love. So the components of God's love, what is God's love? We know first and foremost it's sacrificial, where it says in verse 9 that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Again, I'm going to read this one part. 
He loved us by sending his one and only son. All right, we, we glaze over that so quickly. But any of you who have sons, I have one and only son. I can't imagine giving him up, sacrificing him for a world that some may believe and be grateful and some may not. But this is our God who said, I have my one and only son, and I love you so much, I'm going to give him to you. And you can treat him however you want to. But ultimately, of course, as we know, he died a, a cruel and horrible death. This is what we also know is real love. It's the sacrificial. It's being able to give and be able to understand that, hey, it's not going to always come back to you, but this is what we do, is we love in this real way. Um, this is in verse 10. It says, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Sometimes love is, not, is initiated and it's not always returned. But again, this is real love. Hard to wrap your head around that. Uh, one of my favorite examples of that is the prodigal son story, mm. where that parable was told really to illustrate, because it's told with the lost coin, the lost sheep, and then the lost son, and that whole idea that God pursues us. And in that story, it talks about how the son uh, squandered all of his dad's inheritance, had had wild living and was kind of hanging his head coming home. And it says, when he was far off, it says the father ran to him and put his arms around him. So the love of God, the illustration there is that it pursues us. It, it doesn't stop at anything. And I thought, what would be a modern example of that? And so Jen found this video, and we just want to show this video. And let me set it up for you. Basically, uh, this guy named uh, Derek, or no, yeah, Derek Redman in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. He's running the 400 meter uh, and he gets injured. And what happens after that is, is pretty amazing. Uh, so let's play that. Oh, oh, it's not? Okay, I'll just tell the story. Video did not make it through. <laughs> Darn so it. anyways, <clears throat> Jen was bawling her head off when we were watching this video. <laughs> I watched it like four times. So just go home and Google it um, on uh, YouTube. Yeah. So basically, he, he pulls a hamstring like after the first lap of, of the race. He was expected to meddle in the race. All of a sudden, in the frame, it shows dad rushing onto the track. Security's trying to keep him away. And he's like... He's like shoving him out of the way and he's running to his son and he grabs his son and he's helping him because after he pulled his hamstring, he's like, I'm going to finish this race. And so it shows dad and son hobbling together and the son is just grimacing in pain on his father's shoulder. And the security keeps coming over trying to usher them off the track and he's like <laughs> shoving them off. And I don't know, I wish I could hear the audio of what he was saying to them, <laughs> but they finished the race, and even at the end, he gets to the finish line, and he lets his son go to finish the race on his own. And it was just such a beautiful example of that father's love that just pursues. Mm -hmm. I love the concept, too, is it's the race of life, right? And you see everybody running ahead on the track, and this one guy crippled over in pain. I mean, do you ever feel that way in life? It's like, everybody's passing me up. I'm not making this. You're all alone, which we know in pain. When you have pain and you're, and you're alone, and it actually moves from pain to trauma. 
God knows this about us. And it's such a beautiful picture of this father, like, leaping over the stands, running over to his son. His son starts bawling and crying on his shoulder. And then the, 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 the uh, father is relentless about getting to his son and carrying him across the line. This is the kind of God that we have. We also know that he wants a mutual love with us. He is a jealous God. Did you know that another name for God is jealous? <laughs> yeah, it says it in Exodus 34, 14. Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous. He is a jealous God. Isn't that interesting? He wants our love exclusively for him. He wants this connected, loving relationship. He knows how we're wired. He knows we are hardwired to love something greater than us and to love each other. And he wants that exclusively. I want the greater than love. That's what the kind of the God I am. I want this mutual love. Then in verse 11, it says, Dear friends, since God has loved us that much, We surely ought to love one another. Now, I thought that was interesting. It says, he's loved us that much. And I couldn't help but chuckle because I can't tell you how many times I'll be laying in my comfy little warm bed and Jen slips into bed and puts her ice-cold, freezing feet over to my side of the bed and tries to touch me to warm her feet up. And what do I say? I don't love you that much. (laughs) If you want that kind of love, you need to go to God. Because he can handle your cold feet. I cannot handle. They're like icicles. You're supposed to be God to me, though. So you're supposed to take it. I know. That's why I'm preaching this sermon right now. Because I don't have it figured out, obviously. (laughs) He don't love me that much. That much. Yeah. So he's taking it a little out of context for his personal life, but you get the idea. (laughs) You live the opposite. You love people that much. You let them put their cold feet on you. I think that's what the scriptures say. Right. That's exactly (laughs) what it says. We also know he loves us that much because even of this, the, the parable about talking about Jesus being the good shepherd and how all, he has a hundred sheep and one, he has 99 of them. He gets them all into their pen in the fold and he misses one sheep. And what does he do? He leaves all those sheep and goes and gets the the one sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, it's enough just to rally up my dogs and stuff, right? So to rally up 99 sheep, I think I'd probably say, good enough. I got them all. Good luck with that last one. But not God. He says, I want that last one. I want everybody in this fold. I, I am a jealous lover. I want this. And this is the way I want to be able to have my relationship with you. I want everybody to be in that fold. That's the kind of God that we have. Another example of this idea of uh, love, us belonging to God, in verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. That's pretty powerful, right? We always say, invite Jesus into your heart, right? And he lives there. But that's exactly what it says. It says, when we love, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. The other thing it says in verse 13, it says that God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So as proof of that belonging to God, the fact that he's living in us is his spirit. And that Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about what that does for us in this whole loving process later. 
But the Spirit is a powerful example of God saying, I belong to you. Again, God's love is perfect and it's fearless. Oh, it just keeps getting harder and harder to love, doesn't it? Verse 18 says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels or casts out all fear. All right? So now we have a love that is not only big and jealous and enduring, but we also now have a love that is fearless and perfect. This, I like to think of love kind of being in a family, okay, where there is, there's three members to this family, and we've got, in this family, we've got faith, hope, and love. And it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So we'll see on the next uh, slide here when it comes to, yes, I have a mustard seed. I'm not afraid to use it. Faith. <laughs> if anybody's familiar with the faith, where it says you have your faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, right? So here, when you have love, what part of this family is also having faith. That's and not very much faith. That's not. Man, what can we do with a pumpkin seed? Yeah. <coughs> Imagine. It's known to be one of the smallest seeds. Next one is hope. I like this. Hold on, pain ends. Hold on, pain ends. Boy, if there's one thing that I could say to our, the clients I work on, work with, it is hope. One of our slogans is giving um, help, or giving hope and help. Thank you, thank you for that. Think giving hope and help to heal. Hope is so critical to be able to know that hey, the pain is not going to last forever. Just hang on. And then even as we talked about before, know that we need people to walk with us in the in our pain uh, so that it doesn't go to trauma. But also we need to know that we have a loving shepherd that cares about us. So, Jen, why are we loved so much by God? Yeah. Anybody know the answer to that question? So that we can love one another. He loved us so that we can love one another. <clears throat> so love creates belonging with each other, to each other. That's the whole purpose, that God is loving us so that we can love each other. And this is the whole theme of this year is this idea of belonging. Verse 12, once again, says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in this in us. Now, look at what it says. It says, No one has ever seen God. Have you ever seen God? Raise your hand if you've seen God. Hmm. But it says right after that, it says no one's ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. So basically what it's saying is if we love each other, people are going to see God. So everyone can say, wait a second, I have seen God because somebody's loved me. And so what a powerful responsibility that is that we get to love each other. And as a result of that, we get to be Jesus to them. We get to be God to them through that love. What a powerful, powerful thought. So when we live in God, our love grows perfect. Here's that word again, perfect. And in verse 17, it says, as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So how do we have perfect love? We live in God kind of like the vine, right? We are attached to something greater than ourselves, and we grow, and we are a part of that. 
You know, it's funny. I just have to say on the vine thing, we have this vine in our house. I think I've mentioned this before. This thing is like relentless. We never planted it. We don't know how it got there. Um, but all of a sudden, this it started with a little seed, and it just keeps or something. It's growing and growing. It's getting to the it's a point God vine. that yeah, Jake, because it's we're like the Jake or Jack and the Beanstalk going on here. It could be Jake yeah. and the Beanstalk. If our house is a hundred feet in the air <laughs> when you come by, yeah, you'll know what. And we just noticed we were out on our walk yesterday. The vine is starting to creep up and grow in places that it wasn't at before. But that's what it's like when we are attached to the vine. We really don't have to work at being perfect in our love. It just starts to happen. It's also, it says, because he loved us in verse 19, we love each other because he loved us first. Okay, he didn't wait till we were perfect. He loved us in our imperfections. In verse 20, I love this, it's inclusive of each other. Look what it says in verse 20. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. So when we love one another, we are loving God. And how many times have we experienced this or been guilty of this where we say, oh, I love God, but we're not able to love other people. God says that, that we're liars. Another word on that is hypocrites, right? Exactly. Another example of that. Oh, that has a, there's a great slide for that too. Uh, oh yeah. The, we love others best when we love God the most. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Another example that uh, the Bible talks about is this whole idea of the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 12, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts of each other, uh, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. So are many parts of one body, and we all, what? Belong to each other. Mm-hmm. So by being our own individual part of this body, that makes us belong to this one body. Even though one's a hand, one's a foot, we, we, we all experience that different gift, different, different uh, role that we play in this body, but it means that we belong to each other. I, I thought it would be great as if, you know, I could eat chocolate cake and he would get the calories. Wouldn't that be great if it worked that way? If I was, I was like, a stomach mm. and you were the mouth? Uh, yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah. yeah you, got, you get all the wonderful. calories and the fat and I get the taste. <laughs> <laughs> if only, though. <laughs> that would be lovely, though, I suppose. Right. Now, loving others is a divine action. So how do we receive and give it? That's what we want to talk about next. One thing is the Spirit. We talked about that before. He's given us His Spirit as evidence of His love. And so the fruit of the Spirit is one of those things. So whenever you go, well, I, I, I can't love that much. This is really hard. Well, can you do one of the fruit of the Spirit? Can the, can the Holy Spirit um, allow you to have some love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? I, I'm sure we can do one of those at least on a day, but that whole idea of the fact that the Spirit is producing that fruit, it's not something that you have to produce in yourself. It's that spiritual fruit. Yeah, we also learn to love, too, by and motivate this with each other and inspire each other through doing loving acts and good works. That's what Hebrews 10.24 says. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So doesn't it motivate you when somebody does something loving and kind? 
I think of that movie Pay It Forward about a little boy who tried a school social experiment as far as doing kind things and nice things and seeing how contagious it was. Better yet, I love it when I'm in the Starbucks line, right? And somebody pays for me in front and I'm like, oh wow, do I drive away or do I pay for the person behind me? You know, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to be experienced and a recipient of somebody who spontaneously loves you, doesn't even know who you are, and is initiating of it, and doesn't even care if it comes back to them. Yeah, it, it's just contagious. Yeah. You know? That's why, you know, I, sometimes I'll go up to Starbucks line, and, and when that has done done to me, and they're like, they're like the 10th person that is, has carried this on. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, obviously, another great... Uh, verse is John thirteen thirty five. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How will we know? How will the world know that we're a part of the body of Christ, that we're his disciples? Is by our love. First Corinthians 13 also is such a great example of, of who we can be as love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. But rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love Love never never fails. fails. The ultimate definition of love. Ephesians is another passage that... uh, talks about this love and uh, it says uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 it says always be humble and kind be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love isn't it nice when somebody makes allowance for your faults that just doesn't judge you and doesn't hammer you just because you have faults and that there's that humbleness and that that kindness it's such a powerful thing it's like the Tim McGraw song, if you guys are familiar with that. Always be humble and kind. <laughs> I think that's the verse it came from. I do too. The six, and 16 too, it says uh, uh, once again about the whole body that it works together. And the part I love at the end, it says, it's so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the body works together so that we're healthy, so we're growing, we're full of love. That's, that's the whole idea. And of course, this is my favorite, speaking the truth in love. Ooh, I don't think I can say this without saying the truth right now. Maybe when my husband was changing up the notes, I was maybe a little harsh when I came out and was speaking the truth about don't change the notes on me when I'm trying to, when we practice it one way, right? You you had the truth part down. I did. I had the truth. I have the truth part down, but speaking the truth in love, isn't that challenging? Especially when you get an emotion right away, you know, and a reaction uh, or anger or frustration. Uh, it's very challenging to speak the truth in love. Sometimes I think if I'm speaking very calm, then maybe I'm speaking in love. Mm, no, no, Jake is reflecting that is not the case. I could still speak very calm and it's still not being very loving. So speaking yeah. the truth in love, especially with people you're familiar with, it's a high calling. This sounds really hard. I, this all sounds good. Love each other. Love God. God loves us. Uh, but, you know, perfect love. How do you do that? How do you be fearless? You know, I get cranky sometimes. 
Obviously, you get cranky sometimes. Um, I mean, when the person's driving slow in front of me, and I'm supposed to just love them, right? And when the kids don't listen to us after the 50th time, we're just supposed to love them, right? Or when my wife puts her cold feet on my side of the bed, I'm just supposed to love you? Pretty much. Perfect. Fearless. Take that. Take it. Take one for the team on that one. This is hard. (laughs) Yeah, this is why we need a Savior, right? We don't need a Savior just to take us to heaven and have eternal life. We need a Savior, not just so we can go to heaven and live with him forever, but so that we can learn to love each other in our marriages, in our families, in our churches, in our communities, and in our jobs. We are in need of a Savior who can live with us and in us and among us and inspire us to love bigger and better. God is the best umbrella that shields us from the storms of life and gives us the ability to heal and the ability to belong to one another. This is our God, who sacrificially gave up his one and only son out of his tremendous, unending love that's perfect and fearless for me, so I can love him and love others better. A picture that helps me just kind of relax a little bit more on this whole idea is a picture of a prism, where God's perfect white light and love comes into us, right? We line ourselves up with God and out of that becomes this beautiful rainbow of love and acceptance and all that God wants us to be. And it just helps me to go, okay, my job is just to line myself up, be connected to the vine, be connected to God. And God's going to do the work if he just shines his light and love uh, through me. So here's our call to action, right? We've got all this information, but now how do we love? How do we love one another? Daily. Ask God, first of all, to give us the spirit of love. One of the things that we like to do, like in our workshops or presentations or different (coughs) things with couples, when things start to get in a little heated or whatever, we'll say, turn to your partner and give three affirmations to the partner. It is the funniest thing because they can be rip roar mad at each other and they have to turn and they have to look at each other and they have to look each other in the eye and inevitably you can feel the energy shift in the room. It's like love just got invited. It hijacks the entire uh, feelings and emotions as you are bent on loving this person with your words and talking about what you appreciate about that person instead of what you don't like. This is a very easy thing to do, but what I would suggest is first ask God, hey, can you give me the ability to love first those that are near me, loving my neighbor, and then can you show me how to do that? A very easy way is through affirmation. We also want to encourage you to do some kind of spontaneous act of love or act of service, whether it be buying the Starbucks for the car behind you, whether it be helping somebody bring their trash can in, just something that just says, I love you, but it's super simple. Yeah, the other thing is we can't give what we don't have. So first we need to be committed to receiving the love so that we need to be able to love ourselves. There's three primary relationships with God, self, and others, right? That's one of the things that is in the DNA and the core of the vine is really working on those three relationships. And one of the things that we'll work a lot with, not only in our own lives, but in the people we work with, is loving yourself brings an opportunity for you to love better. Here's a great uh, picture on this. I do not trust people who don't love themselves and yet tell me, I love you, 
And there's an African saying, which is, be careful when a naked person offers you a shirt. <laughs> Isn't that great? We can't love if we don't even have it ourselves. That's right. You can't give what you don't have. The last thing we want to encourage you to is to take the connection challenge. That's our theme this month. Connect with somebody in the church, in the body, that we get to love each other twice a month. Uh, in the community, just somebody random, the neighbor, somebody at work, just uh, have a loving connection uh, with them and uh, this month. And then obviously with God, just, just receiving his love, giving that love back to him. We just encourage you to take that connection challenge. Love is truly the best umbrella. It covers us from the storms of this world. It protects us. It binds us together. It creates healthy community. We need God if we're going to love each other and if we're going to belong to each other. Since God is love and His, and He loves us that much. He loves us that much. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this love. Thank you that you love us that much. That you sent your son that you sacrificed, that you decided to reside in us, that you give us your spirit, that give us the fruit so that we can be that loving Christian, that loving believer to not only love each other, but love the world, love our enemies, all of the, the hard things and people that we have to love. We thank you for that today, and we just pray that you would just empower us to be that loving person, that we can be that prism, that you get to shine your beautiful rainbow through us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.